Scano Sego and Ebojo Kwe Kwe Tansi, good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, anywhere across Canada by downloading the Radio Canada app and typing in uh, ELMNTFM 95.7 or 106.5 ELMNTFM. And you can listen anywhere on your device uh, 24-7. I'm a little bit out of wind. I've been rushing around here this morning, so I apologize for my winded uh, breathing at the moment. But uh, it's all for good cause. It has to do with our guests this morning, not that we're running around the building or anything like that. Um, Roz Owen is in our uh, studio this morning. I'm very pleased to have Roz here to discuss uh, the movie uh, Trouble in the Garden. And it, uh, it's a, it, I did screen this film. And Roz, it's a, a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. And, um, you know, I have to say that uh, this, this film left me with more answers, of course. But it also, uh, because... I actually uh, was sort of on the on the grounds of uh, of the situation that developed in Caledonia. Oh, I was actually really? filming on both sides of that. Uh, I was the only videographer that was allowed behind the the barricades on the Six Nations side of that barricade. Now, this this film, Trouble in the Garden, it touches on a little bit of that, and that's why I say this. So. Um, it, it touches on a whole lot of other things as well. Yeah. And and I, I would like to say that on the surface, I, I don't think you have to you have to look deeper in this film. You can't just take it at, at the surface level that it's offering the the images and the, the situations that that are happening. You know, when, when I read the the sort of abbreviated, oh, uh, you know, girls uh, incarcerated and she's, you know, out on bail, blah, blah, blah. Yes, that's right. part. That's what happens. But that is not what the story is about at all. That's true. It's a it's a it's it's a very layered story yeah. with a lot of um, themes in it. That in a way, um, this, this she is the land, and the and the family is Canada, and so you you could kind of see this film in 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 various ways. But really, I was inspired to tell this story because. A family member of mine who I I love so much was scooped as a baby, as was as were all her her siblings, and so when I started hearing about her story, I realized that I, as a white Canadian, did not know about the '60s scoop. So, so this was in the '90s when I met her. So this is someone in your family that it's my yeah. So my sister-in-law. Okay, one of my sisters-in-law. Yeah. So, so, but as she told the story, I started to understand from what it must have been like, or a little bit what it must have been like, but I was haunted that I didn't know the story and that other white Canadians didn't know the story. Of course, Indigenous people know the 60s scoop story. They've lived it. So, and, and the residential school story as well, of course, that, you know, that was, the, that was the setup for the 60s scoop. So for me, I wanted to tell a story that was that could had the had the possibility of flipping people's thinking, which is why she's the difficult person in the beginning of the story. Why she sort of in the so because if if she was perfect, then it wouldn't allow for that flip to happen. 
Right. We, we, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Okay, okay. But before we, we go any further into that, I think we've teased people a little bit with the idea of the film. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You, you mentioned something about your, your sister-in-law and your, your own history and about not knowing about this. You, were you raised in Saskatchewan that way? Tell us a little bit about no, yourself. No, I was raised, I was actually raised in England. Okay. So I came here um, in the, as a child. Mm. And I, I do actually remember very clearly being very excited about meeting a Red Indian. That's a terrible thing to say. But, you know, that was how little I, I knew. And we lived in Owen Sound. And there was a lot of conflict that I could feel as a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom actually was a social worker. Oh. So, and I have a very um, strong memory of, of going with her to, she was apprehending a baby. And at the time, I was, I was eight years old, and I, I was so distraught by the fact that somebody would give away their child. That's how little I knew because mm. really they were being they were, this was the 60 scoop and children were being taken. But that 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 feeling of that incident never left me. It's always stayed with me. So I guess we tell stories because we have they, they have to be told for some yeah we've there lived experiences in some way. For me then I thought if if you know this could happen to some somebody else it could happen to me could happen to my 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 siblings as well how did you how did you get into film um i was a painter mm-hmm. and but my but i did a lot of drawing and uh, my images were looked like storyboards somebody said to mm-hmm. me and i thought oh that's interesting and 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 so because i was a storyteller i knew mm-hmm. i was always a storyteller so it was never enough one one image and i picked up an old bolex wind-up camera i, mean, I was living in halifax at the time and and started making films, and I just couldn't stop. I was just hooked. It was so it was so exciting for me. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, sitting up in bed, pulling film out of the wall in my imagination because I was still editing the film, and mm. I thought, oh, I this is my medium." <laughs> so just yeah, it just. So tell us about some of the other projects you've worked on. Um, well, I've, I I did a film called "You Love Me, I Hate You" when I was a director resident of the Canadian Film Centre. Okay. Um, I uh, and that that went to Locarno and film festivals all over the world. It was a, a short film. Um, I've written for feature scripts. Um, I worked in television for a while before I had my son, um, and then I thought maybe I just need to step back and make my own work. I teach as well mm. at Ryerson mm. University, um, and. And I, I did. I, I started working in documentary because I was hired to make a film about a women's shelter in uh, um, Interval House, which is the first women's shelter in Canada. When people thought at that time that women were just trying to, you know, behave badly and run away from their husbands for no mm. reason, and so I heard these incredible stories, and I realized that film has this potential to be able to change people's way of thinking. It was quite, uh, it was heart-wrenching to do. I did the reenactments, dramatic reenactments, as well as the, as the, as interviewing the women. And so that started me in, in, in documentary. I did a documentary film about uh, Carol Conde and Carl Beveridge, who are two um, very outspoken artist activists, who um, I made a film about them, a feature called uh, Portrait of Resistance. And actually, the uh, 
one of their pieces had been bought by the Art Gallery of Ontario just recently, but they were sort of banned from the Art Gallery of Ontario. They, mm. 1976, they had a show and they thought they were, were communists and they sort of banned them. And now sort of they're, you know, they just do work about the environment and social justice. But uh, that, was a, that was a film. I was inspired to make the film about them because um, their work looked like, story, like um, film stills to me. Oh, yeah. And so I got people to step out of their work because mm. they're, they're still photographers. So that was, yeah. So it doesn't sound like you've uh, stepped away from hard-hitting issues or, or those kind of things in your work. You've kind of, uh, as you say, from, from what you've just uh, shared with us there. This, this new film, uh, you actually brought in uh, Raven Sinclair to, to work with you on this, or she... Absolutely. Was yeah, she, a, was my, she was my key collaborator. Now, from, from what I uh, understand about that, in terms of your collaboration, it sounds as much as a, as a collaboration as an education and very insightful, and I'm sure that you had some very, uh, uh, very in-depth uh, discussions. Uh, yeah. I, I could just see this sort of the two of you sitting there yeah, and her yeah. sharing because she is a, a 60 scoop survivor and she That's she right. has direct information and, and firsthand knowledge of this. And I and I needed that. Yes. And I needed to be able to make an authentic story. I needed to be able to have somebody who could who had that experience and that and that life experience. But also she's interviewed. She knows she's connected to scoop survivors all across sure. the country. Yeah. So. I was, um, she was really, uh, she was key, she's a key, key important person in terms of that collaboration. And I knew the white story. Yes. So I knew I could tell that, but I knew that it was so important to be able to tell the story honestly. And so when I, I, and I met her and she, as she said, she, Roz Cole called me. Mm. I heard her on CBC and I thought she's so eloquent Mm. and, and such a, her wordsmith and I, I picked up the phone and found, I found her number and called her, and she answered, which is mm. unusual. <laughs> and we began talking right away. She, there's a film that inspired me to make, one of the films that inspired me to make this film is a film called Celebration by Thomas Vinterberg. Mm. And it's also a film about a family that just doesn't get what's going on, even though it's constantly being told to them over and over again. And um, so... That film, it, it, weirdly, she that was one of her favorite films, and it's a an, a film that a lot of people haven't seen. So it was just I, I just thought, oh, I've found my my partner. So that's great that you guys found this collaboration and this ability to work. And I was going to ask you why did you want to make this film? So you've kind of answered that in part, right? But why did you feel that? Why did you feel you needed to tell this? I, f- I feel like I live in a country that I'm really proud to live here and be Canadian. But I think there's an underlying racism in this country towards Indigenous people, which I find really disturbing. And I, as though, you know, we pat ourselves on the back, we bring people from all over the world. But people don't understand what happened in this country that made, made the troubles and so, like what you were talking about Caledonia, and mm. I was very, very much watching that whole whole thing, Oka. Um, but it's by turning it into a personal story and in, in putting it into a family, I felt like I had the opportunity to be able to make the story 
that was an emotional story so that it people could see it in a different way because we see we talk about numbers and how many people in care and and all that and I, I just think sometimes we get overwhelmed with the facts but i thought that i had the opportunity to tell a story that that could really flip people's thinking or it, not everybody but hopefully some and i've i felt like i've heard people say many of the words that i've got the actors to say mm. why can't people get over it right it comes up all the time sure does and yeah. so i just thought well you know maybe if we could understand how many generations of residential school and the 60 scoop that and and what a profound how that would have affected people so the trauma of that cuz adoption Forced, forced adoption is trauma. The trauma must. I, I'm. It's. I just feel like I, by telling it within a white family that I knew, that I could get people to say some of the things I've heard people say. In fact, there was a man that saw the film in one of the festivals, and he was from Australia, and he said, he came up afterwards, and he said, I, I see myself. I've heard myself in those words, mm. and I'm quite shook up. I think that uh, people on both sides of the issue will find themselves there. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, a moment in the film where I I wanted uh, I wanted uh, uh, Raven the the lead to say yeah. something. I was going say it, say it, but she didn't say it. She just yeah. stood there, and it was when. Uh, her family was talking about her the, the, her ties to Scotland. Oh yeah, and the father was saying, "Yeah, we lost our land, and you know, and, and oh, his his uh, you know his heritage is is very important." <laughs> I just kind of went, Boop. and yeah. she's just standing there going, "Excuse me," but she doesn't say she that. Doesn't it's say like, it. You know, she doesn't say it, but it's, it's like say it. You know. Well, it's interesting. She did say it, and I took it out because oh. partly because I wanted to make the ending works. Mm stronger mm. and because in a way I want the audience to be able to say oh come on just say it mm. because he's raving on about how you know his Scottish ancestors and as yeah. she said you know he's right. never even lived there right it's ridiculous <laughs> but, but so but, but it's very interesting and and that that lends to part of this this story is that the same thing happened to them in Scotland yeah they lost their land they lost their home yeah. uh, you know but again you know so like you say you're left going, well, why can't you extend that? Why can't you see the connection here? Yeah. You know, uh, you're left sort of feeling that way. So and that juxtaposition is really important to me. Yeah. Like what, you know, that, that he would go, you know, raving on about his land. Yep. And then, and then that, you know, we all like, yeah, but what about this land? That's <laughs> ridiculous. But, right. you know, but you can't, but in order to see it, it's mm-hmm. the juxtaposition yep. of those two. Yes. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about working through this, developing the script, and then bringing it to the actors? What I'm thinking about is, you know, this isn't, this isn't a light film. It's a, it's a, it's a hard film. There's yeah. some heavy scenes in, in, the, in the, 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 the film itself. Yeah. It's well done. It's very well crafted. It's an excellent film. I hope everybody goes to see it and watches it. And I hope you can tell us about some some places where it's going to be seen or where people can find it as well. Yeah. Um, so, but I, you know, I I think that it's not 
I'm not trying to trivialize, trivially, trivially, trivialize, trivialize, trivialize. But you know, I I can see the actors sort of finishing some of these scenes. It's not like the kind of scene where you go, "Yeah, man, we nailed that one," right? And gives each other a high five because it's a heavy. It's a heavy story. Yeah, I think there was something really interesting in the fact that it. It, we, we shot it in 12 days. Yeah, I heard that. Which That's was very quick, insane. Yeah. It's so quick. Yeah. And for a very emotional story, it's very, very quick. Mm. But in a way, it compacted it. And we were in a house mm. for the most of the time mm. so that people heard their other scene, the other sure. scenes. Sure. And so, because you always shoot things out of order, so yep. it's all kind of yep. out of whack. But I think it, it made people feel like they were family in a way because of the way, way we shot it. Um People, uh, I didn't, you know, when I when I when I gave the script to Fiona Reed, I mean, she just thought it was a really important story. Cara G, who plays the lead, yes. Raven, um, she or her family calls Pippa, but her 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 name is is Raven, and and she, I'd seen her in theater, I've been watching her in theater, and I I kind of wrote the part for her to be mm. honest, and hoped that she liked the script. Mm. Um, luckily, when I gave her the script, she said, this is a really important story. Mm. So I think people did it because they felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it was hard, like it's emotionally hard, but it's also when you're telling a story that you feel needs to be told. I mm-hmm. think there's a certain energy you get from that. I'm not sure that I. I'm not sure that I felt like everybody was really depressed. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I wish there was a bit more humor in it sometimes, but there are funny moments. Yes, there are. Yeah, you know that kind of you have to you you know that was so important to me to have. Well, yeah, I mean, with the little girl, there's some wonderful scenes with her. Yeah, and she hadn't been on a set before. Mm. She was amazing, mm-hmm. but she had that. I when I I cast her because she had that way of being totally present. She mm. was a watcher, mm. and I could see the way she would watch. What went. she's the youngest in a family, mm. lots of kids mm. in her family, and I, I just she had something that was really very, very important for the film, and she's the one that can say things, right? You know, yeah. she comes out, you know, <laughs> for saying, sure, like any child, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, we're coming up to very close to uh, a break time, but. Um, we also uh, have some mu- music from the film that we want to maybe get to as well. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. There's a couple of pieces that are, that are directly in, in the film. Um, and um, I, I'm just wondering if there's anything else that comes to mind briefly before we go. Uh, well, if we're going to play the music, I, I would like to say, you know, the collaboration I had with Barbara Kroll, okay. who's, who's a yeah. fantastic composer, musician. Mm. And she, what I thought was really interesting, she's Indigenous as mm-hmm. well. And that was really important to find somebody who could understand the story. So she uh, that, uh, knew the story in, 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 in such a way. But she, what she did was she created the voices of the ancestors that were s- singing to Raven. And I said to her at one point, but you know, she's she was brought up white. She won't understand them, and and she and Barbara said, "Oh, but she will." And it was so lovely, just mm. the way she said it. So she created these all these singing voices. She did all the all the music. The opening soundtrack mm. is the ancestors, mm-hmm. the singing that that strength as she walks as she's being arrested. They're with her, and I, I'm I'm so proud of the music that she she did for this film. She's a remarkable composer. 
Well, that sounds like a great place for one for us to take a pause and uh, and then come back. And I believe we have that piece of music. So why don't we play some of that? To, we'll come do this break and we'll go right into the uh, the opening uh, part of the film. And then we'll come back and talk more right after this on Element FM. You're listening to Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses, on Moment of Truth. And what you just heard was a part of the opening uh, segment of uh, Trouble in the Garden, a new film, and that uh, that is, is out. We're going to talk a little bit about where you might be able to see that film. If that sounded a little haunting, well, it's probably meant to be. Uh, it is a haunting film, but a very powerful film. Well acted. I have to tell you that the uh, that everyone in this this film, from my perspective, did an, an excellent job. I was uh, so lucky with the actors. Yeah. I've we, we, I've that was, and and really they were very very devoted to mm. to to the performances. And John John who played the brother John Cor. He's he just got that slippery character. Mm. He just nailed it, and he's. That was his. He keeps talking about how he wants to do another film with mm. me again. Like he's just, and uh, and Kara, of course, is the lead and carries the film. She is an extraordinary actor. She has such power. Yeah, she really did a fabulous job yeah. in centering that whole thing and yeah. and uh, making sure that I think everyone got the points that were needed to be, you know, very naturally uh, felt. Yeah, uh, from from her character and from from. Her perspective as an indigenous person, and uh, and as the character, of course, and as as the lead, yeah. and Fiona Reed, who's a, who's one of Canada's great yeah. actors. Yeah. She was just so lovely to work with. Frank Moore mm-hmm. played the dad, mm-hmm. and played him very convincingly. Yes, he sure did. Um, and uh, and the, there was some smaller roles as well, but the, the, those were the main actors. And of course, the little girl, yeah, Persephone Cody was was really lovely. And you were uh, the voice you're hearing right now, of course, is, uh, is is Roz Owen. She's the writer and director of the film, and she uh, she had a collaborator on that, Raven Sinclair, uh, who was a big part of of putting this all together. Uh, a '60s scoop survivor, so someone that had some some direct input into helping this film come to life. And in fact, you made reference to the fact that um, that uh, uh, the the lead. Her her real name is Raven, and that That's was right. that was because you said you almost felt that you couldn't separate uh, uh, Raven Sinclair from from that that role. I'd, I had I had trouble naming mm. the character when mm. I when I'd written the script, and mm. it wasn't until I met Raven finally I I just said, you know, Raven, can I just call her after you? <laughs> and Raven said she would be thrilled if she. So that was that was really lovely. Gets confusing on interviews, but. Um, <clears throat> That's why I named her after after Raven. Yeah. So tell me when when the film was finished. Uh, what did what did uh, and it's it's unfortunate we haven't got Raven with us today to to have yes, her here. I but uh, what did she how how did she feel about it? I think she's really proud about the film. I mean, it, you know, no film's ever perfect, but mm. I think no, she's very very proud of it, and and it's really important to her to be able to bring it to. Um, yeah you know, 60 Scoop Survivors meetings and yeah. talk about it. And it's because of Raven that it has that kind of reach, that it touches people, because I, ha- I wouldn't have had that authenticity to mm. be able to make it make it real. And so it went, you know, we went through every line of the script, and she was involved with all the, um, you know, through the edit process, through everything. Mm. And she's been an incredible support. Right. 
Um, I never could have made this film without her, yeah. And how do you feel about it? The film? Yeah. I'm very proud, actually. Did it, did, it, uh, did it hit the marks you wanted to, to make? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny when you make a film because you, you know it. At a certain point, you know every frame, every mm. sound effect, every moment right. in it. You've yes. just, you're so close to it. And I, I didn't know until I, we screened it. In, the first time we screened it to an audience was in, uh, in Sudbury at Cinefest. Okay. And this was, ended up being an audience. We knew, knew nobody there. Mm. And so I was really quite anxious about it. I didn't know what would happen. But people were in tears, actually, and very, very, very shook up by it. Mm-hmm. And it mostly a um a white audience. Right. Um not not um there was one where well, the other person actually was incredibly helpful on this film. It was uh Jennifer Sinclair mm. who was also a scoop survivor mm. and knows Raven really well. Mm. So Raven couldn't come to the shoot which was mm. really so sad because we right. had to push the shoot forward. And but it turned out that it was magic in this film that mm. um that uh, Jennifer Sinclair was did the food, did all the craft service for us, okay. and made this incredible food for us. Mm. But at a certain point, she said, "This is my story. Mm. I was scooped." Right. So she, so because she was there, I was able to run things that happened on the set by her to make sure that it was authentic as right. well. So she was incredibly important too. So, you know, we're giving the impression uh, for people that don't know anything about this film that it's maybe just about the 60s scoop, but in fact it's much more, it, it goes much deeper than that and talks about other very valid points that we here in Canada deal with. And, and I think that it is it is a reality it, it talks it is a, it does present reality in a very interesting way and in that it brings it down to a microcosm of a family and how all of these things affect that family and even get into uh you know personal matters that could complicate it even more uh, right yeah because there's family history that gets into this as well and and a backstory that you don't expect uh, right. And I don't want to you don't give away the whole thing, but no. uh, it does. Uh, it, it is it is a very important film. It does talk about some very very important things. And you know, you talked about um, it talks about yes, it does talk about the land. It talks about um, this family who who is attempting to or, or or building some properties on a disputed land area, and it's yeah. the the direct family that this. This, that Raven is is involved with, yeah. So it takes it to a level where you don't necessarily. But I can tell you, I I felt that as soon as I saw it because it reminded me of Caledonia, yeah, because you have families that live on both sides, on Six Nations and in Caledonia that are yeah. intermarried, yeah. And that uh, some people work on Six Nations but live in Caledonia. So it was a very, you know, it, it took it to that level. I just went, yeah, this is. Oh, isn't that interesting? Because yeah. that haunted me. Mm. That the whole Caledonia mm. um, standoff right. that happened, and the and and hearing what people said, the words people said. The mayor, I think, was right. You know, um, but that's why I made the brother a real estate agent mm-hmm. because the the brother and sister have been estranged for a very long time, right. and we don't know why. Yeah. We don't even know their brother and sister right. until um, yes. very early in the film. But um, I think it was really important to me. When I was growing up, I knew a family where the, the 
the father treated one child as the perfect one and the other child as the failure. And I, I, that is another sort of theme that stayed with me. And I thought that's what we're doing in Canada to Indigenous people. We're, we're, and so I put, by putting that into a family, so really the father is the one who kind of sets the tone in the family, Frank Moore's character. So he, and he, his son is the perfect natural son. And, and, you know, having a child adopted into your family and expecting them to just behave just like you is really what the scoop was about. It was about trying to make people white. That's what the residential schools were. So, so, that, so telling that story within a family just made it a way of telling it where it could be – you could see it in a different way, I hoped, anyway. That was the, pl- that was the plan for that. But the fact that, you know, the, 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 the brother is a real estate agent selling houses on land she's protesting. He bails her out mm. and puts her under house arrest in his home right. so she can't leave. Right. And some, that's, it's yeah. this, this boiling yeah. kind of crises that right. you know is just going to sort of um, mm-hmm. have to come to a head at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we talk, I, I can't help but but want to make leaps into into other things. But um, it does it does bring it does leave you hanging on on a lot of the same issues that we are left hanging with as well. Yeah. Right. It it it. Yeah. I guess that's all I can say is that it it does leave you, but it makes you think, and and that's the whole point. You want people to think about this. You want people to say. Uh, and hopefully see some of the similarities that have been uh, that have happened to their own their own existence. Maybe in another country. Maybe they came here for a certain reason, or maybe they uh, have a family history in you know in Britain or somewhere else where their their homes were were lost due to battles or or whatever reason uh, that is similar to this film, and. It, it's interesting to me. Interesting to me that uh, to ting, take this to a, a point of reality, where why is that? Why is that leap not being made? Why is that point not being seen in terms of understanding that this is this is a, a, a similar situation? You you may not have, you know. And, and I I think it's colonialism, really, <laughs> right? Because we think we're better, or some people think they're better. So that that's a kind of colonial um, attitude for sure. Um, you know, I think sometimes, I mean, maybe it's a bit like Amnesty International who, you know, you get people out of jail or you, you fight to get people out of jail and then they become the abuser. It's something, maybe it's just a flaw well, in human well, nature. Yeah, and that's into lateral violence and, and, and that, all yeah, that Yeah, so of maybe, stuff, yeah. yeah, that's very dark. But I, I, I just think if, if, we, if we can see it, maybe there's hope. Yeah. And I can't, you know, there was no way to wrap the film up. I mean, it's just mm. not because it isn't. Yeah. It's just, but it it is at least if we can see it and it's yes. out there that there's a possibility for change. And I guess that's why I think film. I mean, I, you know, documentary is great like that. But you know, you're kind of waiting for people to say the things you want them to say. Where in drama, you can kind of write the words and and find the right actors to be able to perform them and say them in a way that. It's honest. You know, uh, as you say that, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of other scenes, the dollhouse, uh, you know, and that, that simplicity of, of uh, 
you know, Raven, I can't think, gets excited about about the the dollhouse. But there's there's that the house is empty and it's 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 again bringing it back to this land issue. Yeah. And um, well, I think she's she remembers that they used to have a, this how have a dollhouse. Right. The train went through. Yeah. And, the, and so the, there's a memories, kind of yeah. moment of that. Mm. So the, but because it's not all it's not all bad. No. It, it, you know, there's some. It never is. It yeah. never is. Yeah. But that's what makes it so complicated in a family sure. because yeah. it's. You know, yeah. the emotional tie, the emotional, and there's there's many many things where uh, the family doesn't remember, or d- doesn't um, remember that she remembers these things, the things that are important yeah. to her. That she, wow, I didn't realize you remembered that. Kind of well, there was something of it with a wrapping paper that yeah. was a really oh, yeah. I, that was to me, mm. a, a, you know, a story that is actually a real a, based on a real story, but mm. the fact that. The grandparents wouldn't give presents to the adopted child, and they'd only give presents to the natural children. And so the parents, instead of trying to deal with it, mm. they they sort of covered it up by wrapping up presents and pretending they were from. But kids know. Yeah, and and um, you know, it's interesting also that the wife, uh, who is is with child, and when she finally starts to get to know Raven and talk to her. And much like yourself, uh, as, as as someone that didn't know anything about the 60s scoop, that, uh, you know, says in, in a very innocent way, why would, you know, why would your mother give you up? Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it's like, and, and it, you know, it goes back to that whole point of why do we, why do we as a nation not know these stories? Why do we not know these stories? And... Uh, you know, I guess you can you can take that further, and say why do why are why do so many indigenous nations don't have clean water? Yeah, still in this how day could and that, age, possibly how can that possibly be, be in a country it, as wealthy as Canada? Yeah. Be in a situation that it that it is. Yeah, how can still children be apprehended to the, yeah. the, the number of indigenous children mm-hmm. in care right now? It's it's, it's shameful. Well, how do we not get it? And I guess that's the only hope that I, you know, would, that's why I made it, the film. I hope, you know, it's not, it sounds like it's just all politics right now, the way I'm talking, but it, it is it is, a, it is a way to try and open up conversations. That's why I think in terms of community screenings, Raven and I are really keen to get community screenings going for mm. this film because we find that people actually really need to talk about it. Yeah, and I was going to say yeah. that, that you had the screening and you got some comments back. You had some tears. What kind of feedback did you get from these people that were there? I there, some people are pretty shook up, and mm-hmm. I don't know whether you know. Sometimes I don't know their own personal stories, but but sometimes it it. I mean, in that way, I'm so proud of this film. Mm. Yeah, um, because that's why I made it really. Um, that people would would talk about it or think about it or or it. Could, you know, flip the thinking a little bit. Um, so I I hope that we can have lots of, of uh, screenings where people can talk about it because I think, you know, we, we spend too much time alone in our homes watching things on computers and we mm. actually need to get out and speak to people and talk to people and, and uh, you know, that's that's how we move forward. 
Yeah, I think you. I think that's a a great idea for to have those community screenings so that you can have these discussions afterwards to to talk about the things that are raised in the film. Uh, I think it it one helps people uh, 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 deal with some of their own emotional uh, senses that they're going to be be confronted with. Yeah, yeah. On both sides. Yeah. Uh, gives an opportunity for for both indigenous and non-indigenous people to uh, to address these and talk about them. Uh, and they are important, uh, and I think that the film does a very good job in a very uh, concise way uh, to not only deal with the 60s scoop, but with the land issue and with the, the, the from both sides, yeah. but understanding, uh, bringing a sense to, to the indigenous uh, idea of, of, you know, it's not just about uh, caretaking and, 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 and caring for the land, it's about Basically, what this comes back to is treaties. Yeah. The treaty, treaty, uh, uh, and the treaties, and they were they were signed for a reason. And the, the fact is that the treaties have not been lived up to. You know, when you see homes being built on on land that has is unseated, and you go, "Well, this is good for you," yeah. <laughs> but what about our side of this treaty agreement that has not been lived up to? And that's, you know, that's the point of of that whole that whole side of things that raises issues and and you know going back to well why don't you get over it well why aren't the treaties lived up to <laughs> yes <laughs> no exactly it's it's like that and the treaties aren't that complicated to read mm. i mean that that they're pretty i mean that's one of the things I, that that's another a book i thought was actually an amazing mm. book is the inconvenient indian mm. thomas king because mm. he's so clear about that i mean you you know just re- read. Why don't we? Why don't we all read them? Like, right. why don't we? We right. all know what those treaties are. Because we don't. We've just right. got our head in the sand. We're going. No, no, no. We just need to move forward. Right. But well, we need to move forward and take a break. So we're going to take a break. And how about we play another piece of music as we come out of this break? What would you like to? Uh, what would you like to play? You know what? Maybe maybe Buffy sure. St. Marie's song Absolutely. we are circling because yeah. it's a point you mentioned a little bit about um alice who's who's colin's wife mm. and she's the one in a way for the white settlers to su- to see the film through her that she begins to understand what happened in this family because yeah. she's right. thinking things are a little out of whack right but there's a beautiful dance scene of, yes there of is she and and the little girl yep. and raven yep. dancing in the garden and it's to this song and just as and we're intercutting to us, cutting to the parents who are driving around a parking lot, and you know they're they're about to yeah. arrive, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, but you know, I I think that uh, that is a very hopeful scene. That's a scene it of is hope, hope. Yeah, because it is. it's it's a uniting scene, and it has joy in it, yeah. and it has different. It has uh, both the indigenous, non-indigenous, and a child, a young yeah. child of another generation. That hopefully will bring a new perspective and, and as you say, new hope to the. Yeah. And it's all of, it's all about community that that song. Yeah. So that is the moment of hope. Mm. There's hope, mm. and then it, before it goes goes wrong as the parents arrive. But mm. you know we don't know that we right. don't understand right. that. Sure. We just know that there's actually this Alice can is starting to understand what right. really happened. Yes. Okay, so why don't we uh, we'll take this break and we will listen to Buffy Saint Marie on the backside of this, and then we'll come back and talk more on. Moment of Truth and Element FM. Festivals next month, yes. Welcome back to Moment of Truth, and that was Buffy St. Marie with We Are Circling, and that is uh, directly from the film uh, that we have been uh, speaking about today, Trouble in the Garden. And uh, 
why don't you tell me, Roz, uh, Roz Owen here, the writer and director is in our studio. We've been talking about the film today. Roz, how did you come up with the title? Oh, that was actually, we had another title that was nobody liked. Ah. Called Historic Homes of the Future because that was the called name. Which? Historic Homes of the Future. Okay. Because it was a real estate thing because yeah, right. of the real estate. That was the name of the the company. But right. anyway, did, that didn't fly. Um, <laughs> I just I just liked the idea of um, you know they're so worried about their garden all the time. It's, it's such a white thing to do, like to s- complain about the you know the grass and the grass needs to be cut mm. and. And uh, Alice says at one point, "Oh, she's going to ruin the garden." Mm. You know, oh mm. God, even even you know, just it. So that that kind of, and because Raven, um, when she finds out her brother is a real estate agent mm. selling land, right. uh, selling houses on the land, she's yes. protesting. Yes, she b- puts her tent yes. in the garden. But it really, I mean, that goes back well, to the idea about the house arrest that you were saying well, because it, it, it's it's more it goes deeper and deeper into this whole idea of we could say reserve land or yeah. as you were saying sixty scoop or you know she's under arrest so she can't leave the property. Oh, that sounds like a, like you know uh, again on a reserve yeah. put on this spot and then she sets up her tent in the backyard. Yeah. Again, on another smaller portion of land. Yeah. It, it's really interesting how all of these things and and when you see it, it it really does play out well in the in the ideas that are coming out across from the film. Well, it was the concept that you know she she can't leave right because she's under house arrest. Yeah. So then she's stuck. So, but she's not going to be in his home. Right. So yes. This, exactly. And then and then she says as she puts the tent out, he says, "No, you can't stay out here." And he said, and she says. All this is treaty land. Mm-hmm. I can stay any place right. I goddamn want. Right, and so it's sort of like that. There is a standoff. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's really interesting how that plays out. And the other the other thing uh, that um, that we were talking about with with the land and the whole idea was going back to the to the father and his ancestry and losing their property, right? And and how. There they are all together in this room talking about that. And the only person in the room that gets it is Raven. Yeah. The rest of them are, it's just right over their heads. Right over their head. I I think it's, I put that in there because I keep finding myself in these discussions and Mm. hearing that happen Mm. and people Mm. not getting it. So I don't know, uh, that's why, I mean, I I don't think white people get it. No, that's, and we need to. Mm. And now it's like, it's, you know, we talk about reconciliation. Well, you know what? You can't have any kind of reconciliation unless the truth is told first or you hear the truth mm. is heard first. Then perhaps there might be some movement forward. But I think you have to have that, awareness. You have to have a willingness to, to understand both sides of those, those yeah. that situation as well. There has to be some clarity, as you're pointing out. And I think that's what your film is trying to, to bring forward is that clarity of, Hey, look, look, guys, this this is not for this isn't past history. This is happening now. This these yeah. people are living with this situation. It's not like, you know, this land is uh, is no longer under treaty or this land is no longer uh, their 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 property. It's still the land that is that is hasn't been dealt with. This is part of something that is today. It's happening it's today. now. It's right now. Yeah. And there's a the ancestors are there and have set this whole problem up, but we're still living it. Mm. It hasn't. It's not in the past. It's right. not like get over it. It's right. it's now. Yeah. 
And uh, it's and it, you know, white people. I I I you you know I I wrote the the film, but really it's from pe- things I've heard people say. Mm. Really. So listen, we're we're getting close to the end of the show, and I don't know if you want to play one more piece of music. It would be great, I think, to play uh, uh, Twin Flames if we can. Yeah. But uh, we have some other things to talk about before we get there. Like, where can people see this, and and how can people get to see and take part in this? Because uh, I really think it's 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 worthwhile that people definitely get to see this. It is a very well. Uh, crafted film the acting is superb i think and for for all of the the people that took part in this and they were amazing actors yeah. i was so lucky mm. i was so lucky to get I them think that speaks they... to the fact uh it, it goes to show that because you say you did this in 12 days that's a pretty fast turnaround it's i think really fast <laughs> it's really fast um well, so in terms of the, you know it's interesting because it just actually just on thursday so a couple of days ago it it screened at the Maryland Film Festival in New Zealand, mm. um, and Raven was going to go and she couldn't at the last minute, which was unfortunate. But because I think she would have loved to be there, but it was, it's 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 going to have a a, a life, I think, um, in a different way. It's going. We haven't shown it in, in the states yet, mm. but it is going to the um, Newport Film Festival in April. And and I'm hoping that we it'll just get picked up and seen in festivals because that's when you get the press, and that's when people start to know about it. Because we're a Canadian indie, it's a Canadian low budget indie film that really, without the press, people people don't know about it. You can't. So sure. it it has screened uh, across the country in a few select cinemas mm. um, just just recently. So we've we've got a lot of amazing press. But mm. my website probably is the best way to keep. Okay. Track of what's happening, it's just rosowen.com or rosowen.ca. The one works. Okay, rosowen.com or rosowen.ca. Yeah, and the a distributor is A seventy one, and they, they they also so they're you know you can contact me and I can contact them, or you could, people can go straight to to A seventy one as well. Um, but Raven and I are very keen to to get. Uh, to get it into smaller mm. theaters to try and get because it is a film that people need to talk about. Yeah, we've discovered so right. it would we're very very keen to do that. So we're just on the front end of that, really. Right. Um, so any word back from New Zealand on how it did? I d- I don't know. You know, I I think I think they, they did well. I don't know. They didn't. <laughs> they, it it was in a very it's a very small mm. um, indigenous film festival okay. that's quite. Um, it's like I don't think they got press. Like I don't think they did that. I think it's just people come and then mm. they see the film. Mm. Um, I had a great uh, note from uh, from the man who introduced the film. Um, so, but I I don't know. And he interv- he, he actually interviewed Raven, mm. which, which was great on Skype. Yeah. So yes, the film we're talking about once again, if you just joined us, is Trouble in the Garden, and that title I would say. And take you as deep as you want to go. You could look at Trouble in the Garden as the nation of Canada. You can look at it as a province. You can look at it as a house. You could look at it as a family. You can look at it and it can go as, as deep and as, as shallow as you want to it take it. It can also go into Adam and Eve. Yeah. Like it couldn't go. That's why we chose the title, mm. because of the kind of layers mm. that it could, that could, could go in. So that's interesting to hear you say that. One of the things, because Raven was um, 
put under house arrest for a week yeah. that Barbara Kroll mentioned to me when who Barbara Kroll did the composing, that that's what they told children when they took them. Yeah. It would only be for a week. Yeah. So it was a lot of amazing sort of luck that happened in terms of just the the things that came together for this film, the kind of people that ended up working on it, the kind of magic. You know, summer where it rained, didn't stop raining, and this it, and for us it stopped raining unless for, except for the one scene we actually really needed rain to happen. It's just weird. Like there was just magic, magic, amazing things. <laughs> Well, we could go into that as well, uh, but um, I, I, I would like to find out, if, if you can, briefly, what were some of the reactions from, like, for instance, did the, the, were the actors familiar with this? What about the crew? Were they surprised by no, the content? They didn't or did they, what kind of reaction did you get from them? Well, the crew. I, well, that was that's an interesting question. The crew. The crew, except for. Um, uh, Jennifer Sinclair, who was th- who did all the food mm. for us, um, she's an amazing cook. But she, um, she of course was a scoop survivor, so right. she knew it. Mm-hmm. But the crew did not. Right. So the crew, the crew, it was like we were a big family in a way. So mm. the crew were finding out about it right. as the story was being was unfolding, yes. and pe- people were in tears at times. You know, it was quite. Mo- it was really very, very moving. Yeah. But people were cu- were sort of. Why didn't I know about this? Yeah. So I'm. I was surprised how how few people know about the sixty scoop and and. Uh, but yes, that I think that was. Am I answering the question? Yes, you are. Was, In fact, yeah. you just you just answered it. Why didn't I know about this? Yeah, uh, I think that's a powerful statement to make, and maybe end on that. In terms of go see this film, seek it out, find out uh, where you can uh, see it. Uh, talk about it, take part in it, uh, recommend it to others uh, and where it might be screened if you are if you have somewhere. Trouble in the Garden, written and directed by Roz Owen. She's here with us, uh, and uh, it's been a great honor to have her here with oh. me in the studio today to talk about the film. Oh, just, I just yes. re- remembered, Winnipeg. It's going to the Winnipeg Indigenous Film Festival okay. on Saturday. Great. Um, so it's playing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday mm-hmm. at the, is it the Ellis cinema anyway um in winnipeg, you can, in winnipeg anyway Great. you look at winnipeg aboriginal film festival okay so three o'clock on saturday and we look winnipeg. for uh we look to be able to see this uh, uh all across uh, the province in canada i wish you all the best with it and and uh thank you and miigwech for for doing this and thanks to raven uh, uh sinclair for being a part of this as well to bring this story out and and have this told uh Go see it. It's really worth going and to see. And we, we have a little bit of time. I'd like to play a little bit of, of a Raven, uh, sorry, uh, Twin Flames, if we can, as we go out. Uh, again, Roz, thanks Great. for coming in today. I hope uh, maybe we can follow up this up. It'd be again. lovely if we could. Absolutely, yeah, and for... it's great to hear about your uh, what you're speaking about in terms of Caledonia mm. and your your experience there. Mm. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Actually, sure. okay. So you've been listening to Moment of Truth. Thanks for listening. We're going to go out with a little bit of uh, Twin Flames on Element FM.